This is John Jackson Miller, and you're listening to the Star Wars Canon Podcast. May the Force be with you. There are stories about what happened. It's true. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Miller. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Uh, we've got a little bit to talk about this week, you know. Uh, it's You know, I didn't do a podcast last week. Uh, mainly, didn't have a whole lot to talk about. I was actually kind of busy, and I had a little bit of a, uh, a crisis on my hands uh, last Saturday, so... I uh, didn't get a chance to really uh, sit down and put together some show notes. If for what happened, it's actually a funny story. I was pretty pissed off at the time, but it's uh, looking back, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, every, well, I shouldn't say every Saturday, but once a month on Saturday, I go up into Wichita to uh, Prairie Dog Comics, and I get my comic pull file for the month. And uh, I was really excited, sat down, uh, get caught up on a bunch of uh, Star Wars comics, you know, including some Age of Republic, you know, and some Star Wars, Dr. Aphra. I got the final two issues of Vader, finally. Uh, I sat down and read all of these and set them on top of my dresser like an idiot. And uh, like a bigger idiot, this is it was just the perfect storm. Uh, I set a glass of water next to him. And one of my cats, for those of you that don't know, Kirsty and I have uh, four cats and a dog. One of my cats has this really bad habit of uh, sticking her head down into cups of water to drink the water and then doesn't pull her head out as gracefully as she puts it in and knocks the water over. And I came in to find every single one of my comics soaked. I mean, literally soaked in water. And uh, I uh, I was, I, I about went off the deep end. So I came back in here and it was, you know, $150 worth of comics. And I came in here and started tracking them down online because I'm, 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 don't ask me why. I know they're not as worth as much as, you know, second printings, but I'm, I'm always trying to get first printings of everything. And I was hoping I could still get first printings of everything so far. And luckily I was able to track them down online from, you know, three different comic stores. And, uh, I have those on the way. So had to replace those. I had a little bit of a crisis that night, so I didn't get around to doing the podcast and I apologize for that, but it, Made for a bigger episode this week, so we've got a little bit to talk about, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for it. I'm really excited for this year in general. You know, we're 334 days away from episode 9 right now. I just, I, I never thought I'd be able to say that we have a Star Wars episode 9 coming. You know, growing up, you know, after the prequels came out, all I ever had was episodes 1 through 6, and now here we are talking about episode 9. Man, I, I can't wait, you know. Uh, this year's got a lot in store for us, you know, at Celebration, we're going to be possibly, we'll talk about this in a little bit, possibly getting some footage for The Mandalorian. Uh, definitely going to be getting some trailers for Episode 9 and a title. Right now, I think everybody's kind of chomping for the title at this point. Uh, Celebration's probably going to have a bunch of novel and comic announcements in store for us, you know, and hopefully this summer we'll get some information on Jedi Fallen Order, especially considering that, you know, we just got news that Lucasfilm has canceled the open world Star Wars game they've been working on. Uh, it kind of sucks, so I'm I'm kind of anxious to see what Jedi Fallen Order is going to look like. So, between Celebration, E3, you know, maybe we'll start getting some looks at that as well. So, uh, and for those of you that don't know, also I've been showing my sister-in-law uh, Star Wars for the first time. A few weeks ago, we watched uh, A New Hope and Empire back to back, and then she came over this afternoon, 
and said that she wanted to watch uh, the next Star Wars movie. So we watched Return of the Jedi uh, today for the first time for her, you know. So And she said she wanted to watch them in the order they came out. So, you know what's coming next? You know, one of the two worst Star Wars, depending on who you talk to, two of the worst Star Wars movies ever made. Uh, are coming next so i did tell her they were going to be pretty political though and and to brace yourself because we're going to be talking about taxation of uh, trade routes you know so uh we're going to see how that goes and i'll let you guys know whether she liked it or not so uh but anyway talking about watching star wars material uh for those of you that don't know over on our patreon page uh, i've been doing episodes of star wars after shows where i sit down and watch the entire episode uh, of clone wars and rebels with you guys and we'll talk about a little bit after that um and I, I've decided instead of doing just individual episodes, if they're a filler episode, if they're an individual episode, I'll sit down and just do the one episode. But if we have a story arc, right, like if we get to, let's say, the Clone Wars Mortis episodes, right, where that's a kind of a trilogy of episodes, I think we're going to sit down and just make one big video out of those. Uh, same thing with like the Onderon stuff. You know, Rebels, it's, Rebels is kind of every episode is its own thing, but Clone Wars had arcs, you know what I mean? I mean, there's a couple... Uh, and rebels that that kind of build off one another that could be considered arcs, but nothing like what Clone Wars used to do. So uh, make sure to head over to our Patreon page and check that out. Uh, I'd sure appreciate it. So without further ado, let's get into some news, man. Let's talk some Star Wars. Yeah, I didn't get to last week. Like I said, I was I was uh, <laughs> indisposed, I guess you could say. So uh, we've got a few things to talk about. Uh, right now, the biggest thing. Uh, that I've noticed everybody talking about online, and it's got me pretty excited, is the possibility of some Mandalorian footage uh, being shown at Celebration. So uh, where this rumor is stemming from, keep in mind this is rumor, this hasn't been announced, where this rumor is stemming from is that on April 11th, some of the footage from uh, the Disney Plus service is going to be shown to investors. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be getting anything at Celebration, but if they're showing it at Celebration, that means they have footage ready. And what better place to show it for the first time than Celebration that very week? Um, all of this is coming from Todd Spangler, who's an editor for Variety Magazine. Uh, he put out a tweet the other day that said, quote, Disney says it will demo Disney Plus at its Investors Day on April 11th, including first look at some of the original content for the SVOD service. So SVOD is streaming video on demand. Uh, obviously, it doesn't say anything about The Mandalorian, but original content for the service, obviously, that you know, they're talking about something, or they're talking about The Mandalorian. So uh, very, very excited about uh, that. You know, And it makes a lot of sense that they would be showing the investors, and it makes a lot of sense that they would show it at Celebration. Uh, I mean, because... Considering that, you know, the marketing for Disney Plus is about to kick off, uh, The Mandalorian is going to be one of its biggest selling points, you know? So, uh, in, in this Disney Plus service, as a Star Wars fan, yeah, I grew up with Disney movies, you know? But it's not anything that, had they not put Star Wars on this thing, nothing Star Wars, I don't think I would have been as prone to subscribe as I am now. Considering, you know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, The Mandalorian's going to be on there. This Cassian Andor series is going to be on there. Uh, but they have come out and said that there's not going to be any films produced just for the uh, streaming service. That doesn't mean there won't be films on it. They're just not doing any films special for it. So um, I'm very, very excited. You know, like I said, the marketing for it's going to be picking up very soon. Uh, and, and, you know, Netflix is raising their prices. So this is going to be the perfect time to capitalize on something like that and to uh, 
kind of sways some people over because I, I know for a fact I'm, I'm already wiring it into my budget for next fall. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it. The other reason I think that this there might be some validity to this is, you know, we didn't have a celebration last year, but the year before we did. And that celebration was, you know, in my opinion, a bit of a letdown, you know, so maybe, you know, because I mean, at that celebration, we didn't get hardly any announcements for anything. Uh, they brought Alden Ehrenreich out, who we already knew was Han Solo, and they announced it like nobody knew. Uh, you know, and we were expecting this big Obi-Wan announcement that never came, which still has never come, now that I think about it. But uh, I think I think this year, you know, we've got Episode Nine stuff, we've got The Mandalorian, we've got Jedi Fallen Order. Why wouldn't this be a big celebration? This is the perfect place to drop some stuff like this, you know, especially considering uh, the celebration before Rebels came out. Or even any celebration, you know, I, you were always seeing episodes from, uh, you'd watch the first two episodes in the next season of Rebels. That wouldn't drop until fall, so it makes complete sense that we are going to be getting something at Celebration. I'm hoping that we do. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and, and if we don't, man, that's that's going to be a strike. That's going to be strike one for Celebration, you know. Three strikes, you're out, and so uh, that's, that's going to be a strike for it. So I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. If we do get anything from The Mandalorian, I'm very, very excited. And like I said, I'm really hopeful that we do. Uh, and yeah, if, if they put anything out, man, we'll throw a reaction video up on the YouTube channel. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm so stupidly excited for this. I'm more excited for The Mandalorian at this point than I am Episode 9. I'll say that much. I'm more excited for The Mandalorian than I am Episode 9. And it's it's maybe it's because it's a different format, something that... Something I guess you could say we've never seen before, you know, a live action TV show, you know, a serial TV show, you know, nine, ten episodes of a season. That's something we've never seen, considering also that it's happening in a time era, you know, a time period immediately after Return of the Jedi. This is a time period that a lot of people are curious about. I'm I'm really, really excited for it. So uh, that's supposed to debut on the Disney Plus streaming service. I guess we're just going to have to wait till Celebration to see if they show us anything. So, uh, speaking of celebration and with announcements and everything like that, you know, we've got a lot of novels and comics coming, uh, and one of the, uh, novels, I don't, I don't remember if they announced this, no, they couldn't have been celebration. I know they announced this novel a while back, but, uh, I think we're going to be getting some more information about this and the next story we're talking about after this one, obviously, uh, the next story I've got lined up, the, you know, it's not really so much of a story. It's more of just a little, Hey, look what happened. The cover for Alexander Freed's alphabet squadron has been released and they released a piece of information that i didn't know at the time actually uh, i didn't know that alphabet squadron is going to be the first novel in a trilogy uh, I, I thought it was just going to be kind of a one-off thing uh, but yeah it's going to be a trilogy set after the events of return of the jedi that seems to be the era that they are slowly starting to get to to focus on you know i, I keep getting asked a lot when are we going to start getting some more post jedi uh, material, I th it's starting to happen. I think it's starting to slowly trickle out. So, uh, it's supposed to uh, take place after Return of the Jedi. I still say the title sucks. I, I still say that it is the worst title. I don't want to say the worst title. It is a horrible title. It's absolutely stupid. Um, but titles don't matter. I mean, look at look at Heir to the Jedi. Heir to the Jedi is an awesome title. That is a book that I was like, oh, hell yeah, I cannot wait to pick up. And then you read it and you just want to gouge your eyeballs out with golf pencils you know it's just it, it, titles don't really matter at all it's so I'm, I'm still excited for the book alexander freed is an amazing uh, author I've, I've i really liked his rogue one adaptation 
I, I didn't really care. I mean, I, I liked it. I didn't care for the first half of the first Battlefront novel. After the after the first half, it picked up. It it was great. Uh, so I'm I'm excited to see where he goes with Alphabet Squadron. It's a cool premise too. It's supposed to have an Imperial turncoat named oh, I can't I can't pronounce her name. I'm looking at it. It's uh, Erika. It's spelled Y R I C A. I think it's Erika or something like that. Uh, Quell. Uh, she's leading Alphabet Squadron from an X-Wing fighter, and they're hunting down the remnant of the Imperial TIE Squadrons. Uh, and, and they also went on to say, and this isn't so much of a spoiler, uh, I guess it's kind of marketing for the book, they went on to say that the Alphabet Squadron is dispatched by General Harrison Dula herself from Rebels. So, uh, very, very excited for this book. Really, it's set for release on June 11th. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to read it. I don't, like I said, I don't give a crap about the title, uh, but I'm excited for it. There has been no news uh, as to whether, or I'm sorry, as to when the next two books are going to be slated for release, but probably going to be next year sometime. Uh, but I'm I'm very very excited about reading it. Uh, as a tie-in, uh, to, <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, as a tie-in to Alphabet Squadron, Marvel has announced a new series called Star Wars Tie Fighter. Uh, it's a comic series. It's going to act as a crossover piece with Alphabet Squadron. So I'm wondering if this is going to be something along the lines of. The novel is from, you know, the Rebel Alliance point of view, and the TIE Fighter comic series is the exact same story from the TIE Fighter's point of view. I think it'd be kind of interesting if they did something like that. Um, but I'm but I'm excited for this as well. I It's most likely going to be a limited run, probably five or six issues max, but I don't know that. They, they haven't said if it was a limited run. They haven't said if it's an ongoing series. All they've said is that we do have a, uh, a new series coming, so... Uh, I guess we'll have to keep our ear to the ground and uh, wait and see what they say about that. It may be something along the lines of what Kanan was, too. You know, that was like 12, I think it was 12 issues for Kanan, uh, something along those lines. So it might be something along those lines also. It is slated for release in April, uh, which is actually two months before Alphabet Squadron is supposed to come out. It's kind of interesting. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all of the news as far as, far as you know, Kanan material goes. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited for... All of it, yeah. I mean, I mean, literally all of it. 2019 is going to be a huge year for Star Wars fans. Uh, we're going to be getting a lot of material, you know. And, and if this year is this crazy, I can't wait until next year to see what it's going to look like. Considering they have to make up for the fact we don't have a film next year. So, uh, and then the one other little one-off story I wanted to talk about. Uh, really, it has no bearing on a whole lot of things. Uh, but it's just something I thought was kind of interesting. Thought I'd throw my two cents out there on, I guess Adam Driver recently was talking with Deadline and revealed that when he began work on episode seven, uh, JJ Abrams told him where episode nine was going to end up. Uh, and you know, it, it this, this does a lot of things and you know, and, it, and I, I don't think he's lying. I think JJ did tell him where Kylo Ren, where episode nine was going to end up. Uh, but it does support the idea that there has been a plan all along uh, for the Star Wars trilogy. You know, and even and even I've been one. I love the new canon. I, I love what they've done with it. Even I'm one though that has said I don't know. I think they just said this is where we're starting. This is where we're going to get to. But I don't think I think they sat down and said we don't know how we're going to get there. You know, I think I think you know because JJ did Episode Seven. He's doing Episode Nine. As much as I defend Last Jedi. I do believe that Ryan Johnson kind of went away from what J.J. wanted to do. I, I do believe that. Uh, I, I know J.J. still wanted Luke to be the hermit on the island. I know that was all set up. Uh, I, I know he was. I know J.J. still wanted Luke to be kind of uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of jaded by the Jedi, the way he was in Episode Eight. I don't know if it was to the degree Ryan Johnson made it that way, but uh, I, I I do think there were a couple things that Ryan Johnson kind of took and ran in a different direction with. But you know, with JJ coming back for Episode Nine, um, this could be his way of bringing everything full circle uh, back to where he originally had the plan. You know, so uh, I'm I'm excited about it. You know, and you know maybe that means. I mean, I'm still one to believe that Ray's parents are nobodies, but it's possible that, you know, J.J. had a plan from the beginning that her parents were somebody important, could still find that out, you know? I think it'd be kind of, I think, I really, I think it'd be bullshit at this point if, you know, in episode nine, Ray finds out that Luke or Han really was her father, you know? And then she's like, oh, well, he's dead, you know? Like, I, you know, it would have been better had she found that out while they were still alive, so... You know, it's just, I'm hoping they don't go that route. I, Her parents can be anybody they want them to be. You know, it, it could, you know, I, I don't know. She'd still have Leia, I guess, depending. I, I still think Leia's going to bite at nine. But, you know, there's 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 several things now. If there's this, if, if Adam Driver knew this one thing, knew where episode nine was going to end up, and he's known this whole time, because he said, he, kn- he knew, it's not just J.J. told him, I know where it's going to end up. He told Adam Driver where it was going to go because he said he's been working towards that. He's been putting that into his performance knowing that that was going to be where he ended up. So uh, I, if there's that, what does Daisy Ridley know about Ray? You know, what does Poe Dameron or what does Oscar Isaac know about Poe Dameron? You know, there's all these pieces now that he, he, he may have told everybody what their fate was in the long run. I you will know come December. So uh what do you guys think? Let me know below. Do you think Lucasfilm had a plan the whole time? Keep it civil because I know this is one of those things that people really, really opinionated about. So let me know below if you thought they had a plan. If not, uh what do you think of Adam Driver's comments with deadline? I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. Uh that's gonna do it for news this week, but uh I've got another segment called Upcoming Canon, which is a very, very short one this week. Uh, where I just sit down and kind of tell you guys what's coming out within the next week in the uh, world of Star Wars canon. And like I said, this is a kind of a, a bum week, because on January 20th, tomorrow night, we have Season 1, Episode 13 of Resistance, uh, Dangerous Business, which I'm really excited about the second half of this uh, first season. You know, I sat down and, and I watched the uh, teaser trailer, the mid-trailer, I'm sorry, the mid-season tra- uh, teaser trailer, that's a mouthful, uh, of Star Wars Resistance, and it does seem like the show's going to be taking kind of a different tone the last half, you know, I shot a reaction video for it, and I can't find it, so I did a reaction video for that trailer, and now I can't find it anywhere to upload it, so I'm sorry about that, but I can kind of get my thoughts on it real quick, you know, we, we saw scenes, you know, from episode 7, so I was wondering what, what the series was going to do, because I knew it picked up six months before The Force Awakens, and I was trying to th- guess you know how long could this series possibly run then it looks like we're going to be going right over the films so uh you know from what we've seen in in the trailer with general hux doing his whole you know death to the republic speech you know his his pseudo hitler uh scheme you know before they blow up Bosnian prime so uh i'm I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with this last season i'm betting that will be the season finale seeing Hux blow up Hosnian Prime, that'll probably be the season finale. I don't know that. It's just kind of my speculation. But we've also got on January 23rd, next Wednesday, Marvel's Star Wars issue number 60. Uh, I'm all caught up on my Star Wars comics finally, and uh, this story arc has really picked up. I wasn't sure... I wasn't sure what I quite thought of it at first. You know, Han, Luke, and Leia, 
are stranded on this planet and uh the only you know the only way they can get off is these traders that come every 6 months and they just miss them so they've got 6 months to kind of sit around and just wait Luke's getting impatient you know but we have seen a little bit of Luke training with the guy that kind of runs the settlement and kind of shows how you know him training with the lightsaber and getting better with it a little bit so and a little bit of a love interest for Luke also so uh, I'm interested to see where issue 60 is going to go. And, and, you know, the Star Wars series has been one that's kind of had its ups and downs. Uh, but so far, I think it's on a pretty much upward trajectory at this point. I'm, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. So definitely go check out issue number 60 at your local comic shop. It's definitely worth picking up. And, you know, if you're one to not really get individual comic issues, this TPB is going to be a good one to pick up. So uh, definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, all right, I feel like we're going to finish out this episode with some mailbag questions. How do you guys get a question on the Star Wars Canon podcast? You email it to me at starwarscanonlibrary at gmail.com. I'll go through and pick a few out. This week, I think I got five questions. I do have five questions. Uh, and they're good ones, man. You guys are uh, you guys are really starting to send in some good stuff. Not saying that, you know, the last you know two years where the questions weren't good, but this week we had a bunch of good ones. So let's just kick this off right here at number one. The first question this week comes from Kyler Knowles. And Kyler says, hey, Brian, I love the channel. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate it. Uh, I was wondering what do you or what you th- uh, would think if the main Star Wars comic went past Empire Strikes Back and Luke was reading Obi-Wan's journal about the Old Republic and have like a 25-issue run set during Old Republic era with characters like Revan and potentially Bane thoughts. Uh, thanks for the question, Kyler. And that's a great question because, you know, with the Star Wars title... We've been going now since January of 2015. We're, right now, we're, I think, as of right now, I think we're at the four-year mark for the Star Wars comic running, right? Uh, and we're coming up on issue 60. At some point, there's only a three-year, you know, gap there that we have to fill. At some point, they're going to get to the Empire Strikes Back, you know? And, and, and personally, you know, I, I'm not saying that that's not going to happen. What you suggest is not going to happen. I think that'd be great, but I feel like at... Issue one, I feel like issue 100 is going to be when we hit Empire. I feel like that's going to be the big uh, issue, the big 100 issue that leads into Empire Strikes Back. But uh, let's say, you know, if it goes past Empire, you know, and maybe issue 200 will be Jedi. I, that's just kind of where I'm, my mind is at right now. But let's just say that it does go past Empire and Luke is reading Obi-Wan's journal. Uh, I would love to see something go back to Old Republic for, you know, 25 issues. I think that'd be freaking cool. Uh, You know, especially considering, you know, there's not as much time between episodes 5 and 6 as there is 4 and 5. You know, you could go do a 25-issue run to kind of fill in that gap up to the next, you know, if let's just say whatever I said earlier was correct. You know, if we go to Return of the Jedi issue 200. That could be a lot of fun because the thing with the Star Wars title is this. It's just simply called Star Wars. There's no subtitle to it. It's just simply Star Wars. Why can't the Star Wars title bounce around and tell different stories from different time periods? Why why can't it? You know, what if we get to Return of the Jedi and then all of a sudden it just backs up 5,000 years and starts telling that story, you know? There's no reason why it can't do that with just the name Star Wars. You could do anything with something just simply called Star Wars, right? Uh, no, I'd love to see something like that, you know? Personally, I'd like to see Revan or Bane pop up in something a little more prominent than a comic book. Um, but I'd still lose my freaking mind over it. I, it's, it's one of those things that, 
he ever pops up, I'm I'm probably going to defecate. It's it's I'd just rather see him, you know, in a TV show or uh, you know, I I would almost say a novel also. I, I would take a, a Revan or a Bane version, uh or in a novel version. I think I'd be alright with that too. But yeah, no, twenty five issue run, uh that would be really, really cool just to have Luke, you know, sit down after you know, after he gets his robotic hand and he sits down, you know, he comes up with this giant plan to get Han. Or maybe he comes up with a plan to get Han after reading the journal. You know, he sits down and starts reading the journal and just gets lost in it. And then the next 25 issues are just all these story arcs of everything that's happened, you know, before. And maybe Luke gets some ideas from that for his rescue of Han. You know, maybe, I I don't know, maybe it's just, maybe that's how he learns a lot of the stuff that he learns. Because you have to admit, Luke took a serious jump in power between Empire and and Jedi. I noticed that today while I was watching Jedi with my sister-in-law. Luke is an entirely different person from Empire to Jedi, you know, in Empire, he's this broken, you know, physically and mentally, emotionally broken person trying to piece together what Vader's told him, trying to come to terms with it, you know, he, he's not going, you know, he's not training with Yoda anymore, you know, he's, he's, he's broken, and then when you come to him in Jedi, he's this, like, literal badass walking into Jabba's palace, force-choking Gamorrean guards, and taking out an entire crime syndicate, are you kidding me? Like, I want to know where he learned all this stuff. So, yeah, reading Vader's journal, going back to some Old Republic stuff, could have definitely done that and really spiked that power. That's something that I would really like to see. I think you're onto something, man. I really do. And I and I hope it comes to uh, fruition. I, I, I really do. Plus, I know we're going to be getting some Old Republic stuff. By the time we get to that point, we're going to be getting into some Old Republic stuff, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't see any flaws with your theory, bud. I really don't. So uh, what do you guys think? Let us know in the comments below. If you guys are listening to us on Spotify or iTunes, shoot us an email, gmail.com. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Uh, thank you so much for the question, Kyler. I do appreciate it, brother. Uh, question number two this week comes from Fred Lambert. Uh, and Fred says, or ask, I should say, uh, what's the deal with Disney claiming Star Wars Theory's Vader fan film? Personally, I think it's a dick move for Disney and just goes to show they're in it for the money. What are your thoughts? Thanks for the question, Fred. Okay, first off, there's some things that uh, this this is there's a lot to unpack with this whole situation. For those of you that don't know, uh, the YouTube channel Star Wars Theory, great Star Wars channel, definitely go check them out. Uh, they announced uh, last year they were going to be doing a Vader fan film. They got all the OKs from Lucasfilm. They got you know there was this list of rules they had to follow, like they couldn't crowdfund it they couldn't make any money off of it anything like that and i think his budget was like a hundred thousand dollars if i remember right and he made this vader film you know shards of the past which was a great vader film i loved it i thought it was actually really good there were a couple things in there that you know the emperor looked you know just god looked like a melt i mean the emperor always looked like a melted candle but they really took it to another step with this you know this vader or this emperor and he was wearing penny loafers but anyway other than that uh, it was awesome, you know, and, and like one of my favorite scenes of it was, you know, when the Emperor is electrocuting Vader and it cuts to the outside of the Star Destroyer and you can see the light flashing out the window. Absolutely awesome. But uh, it was it was a really good fan film. Pretty shortly after he released it, or they released it on Star Wars Theory, uh, Warner Chapel, Chappelle, I think it's Chappelle actually, uh, placed a copyright claim claiming some of the Imperial March music. Now, when they made the film, they actually went out and got a composer to make original music that sounded like Star Wars, 
and incorporated a couple of those tunes, but it was still original music. And Warner Chappelle actually placed a copyright claim on it, claiming the music. They didn't they could didn't have to take the video down, but they they monetized it so that Warner was making money off of every view, which is complete and utter bullcrap, in my opinion, you know. Uh, you know, because this this same uh, company, I guess what it was, there's one guy, it was a manually produced copyright claim. So somebody sat down, looked at it, and manually clicked the mouse. It wasn't like an algorithm that, you know, that they uh, uh, put in to find the music or anything like that. It was simply a guy sitting down and go, nope, that's our music, click. Uh and, and, you know, this company, they've if, if you look at some of the copyright claims they've put up, they go around YouTube, and they do this to a lot of people. They go around, you know, anything that remotely sounds like Star Wars, they hit a, they hit a copyright claim. And people are afraid to... Look, as a YouTuber, uh, I don't want to say a successful YouTuber, but as a YouTuber, one of the things that you fear every time you put up a video is getting a copyright claim. Because it's like, three strikes, you're out. You know, your channel's deleted, everything. So... It's one of those things where, and, and you're afraid to try to appeal it because there's so much, you know, there's so much legal red tape you got to get through to appeal something. And so people get away with, I could go through and click copyright claims on whatever I wanted, and if nobody appeals it, I'm making money off of it. So this guy goes through and does this apparently on a lot of channels. It doesn't even have to be Star Wars music. It can be something that sounds like Star Wars, even if it's an original score, which for me is kind of scary because, you know... You know, for for the longest time on the on the podcast and on the YouTube channel, for those of you who've been following for a while, uh, I used a part of the uh, first teaser trailer from Force Awakens as my intro. You know, with the Falcon flying over Jakku and stuff, and you hear Ray saying, you know, there were stories about what happened. Han saying it's true, all of it, which I still have incorporated into my intro. But it got to a point where when I sat down and decided I was going to be doing the podcast, that I wanted to sit down and do like an original score, right? So, uh. And, and, you know, the idea came from uh, Brooke Thompson, who got a hold of me, saying, you know, I would, I would like to do some original music, music for you, which he, that's, he's the one that did the intro we have now, uh, which he did an amazing job on. I absolutely love our intro. And it sounds Star Wars, you know, and, and it's not taking from Star Wars, but it sounds like Star Wars. It still has that feel to it. And I love it, you know, but it scares me because there's people like this going around claiming music. You know, and nobody fights him on it. People just get away with this crap all the time, and it's bull crap. So this guy uh, placed the claim on the video, started making money off of it. And since then, I guess, I don't know if it was because of the outrage or because Disney, or I'm sorry, Lucasfilm didn't even know about it. Lucasfilm has since had Warner Chappelle take the copyright claim down. Uh, But it it doesn't matter. They still have made, you know, so much money off of however many views. Because I think he's at 8 million views right now, something like that. 9 million views on this thing. And I don't know how many views came in while that copyright claim was on there. So they've made money off of it. There's no no getting that back, you know. So I... The creators of the the, uh, fan film stayed within that list of rules that Lucasfilm gave them. They made an awesome fan film. I don't think it's right whatsoever for this company to come in and just to, and take, you know, it's just, oh, that's art. And it's no different, you know, not to get political because I'm, I, anybody who knows me knows I'm a very political person. I'm very set in my beliefs and, and, and I'll try to keep that out of the podcast best I can. But one thing that I've always, you know, and I, and this is what I liken it to. One thing I've always been against is, you know, state's property tax. 
You know, I live in a state, I live in Kansas that, you know, it's a state that you have to pay property tax every year on your vehicle, you know, on your house. And that's one thing I've always considered was theft. Why should I have to pay to own something in your state? You know what I mean? It's already paid off. That's theft in my, that, that would be no different than somebody coming in my house with a red shirt on and going, oh, you have a red shirt. You owe me five bucks, like, you know, five, 10 bucks. Oh, it's a red shirt fee. That, you know, that's, that's bullshit, you know? So, and, and it goes right, that's what I like in this too, is somebody going, oh, no, I'm going to make money off what somebody else did. You know, now, to be fair, the music he used did incorporate a little bit of the Imperial March in it. And in a loophole kind of way, the copyright laws and the way they've got it written up for Star Wars music means they could claim it. But there's a mu- there's so much, there's enough of a difference there between the original Imperial March and what they used, that there's enough original score there. They shouldn't have been hit with this claim. So I'm glad that Lucasfilm has had it taken down. I'm I'm glad they nipped that in the butt as quick as they could. Uh, but those are kind of my thoughts on it. You know, it's not just Disney doing it. It wasn't Disney that said, "Hey, you guys need to make put a copyright claim on this." It wasn't Disney that did it. It was just this one company, this one guy that worked for it, that manually did it. You know, and I'm glad that they were corrected. I'm glad they were set straight. So those are my thoughts on it. Thank you uh, for the question, Fred. I do appreciate it. It was something I knew somebody was going to ask about, uh, so I didn't throw it into the show notes for a news story. So uh, let me know, guys, what you think of the whole situation with Star Wars Theory, with the fan film. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Uh, Question number three this week comes from Pete Goodman. And Pete says, hey, Brian, love the podcast. Love listening to you after listening to Jedi Council every week. Keep it up. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Second to Jedi uh, Jedi Council. I'll take it. That That's pretty cool. Thank you, brother. Uh, he goes on to say, my question is, when do you think we'll start seeing info on Ryan Johnson's trilogy and the series of films from the Game of Thrones showrunners? I'm ready for some big news from the film side of things and can't wait to see what the films set in the Old Republic are going to look like. Thank you, and may the force be with you. Thanks for the question, Pete. And real quick, before I answer your question, we don't know for a fact, it hasn't been confirmed that Benioff and Weiss are going to be doing Old Republic. It's pretty much, I think that's the general consensus at this point. I think that I think we all know it's going to be, but you know, it's kind of like the Alden Ehrenreich Han Solo thing. They're like, here's Alden Ehrenreich, your new Han Solo. Yeah, we know. Go ahead. So when they come out and say they're doing Old Republic, yeah, we know. Go ahead and move on. I think that's what it is, but it hasn't been confirmed. So take that as you will with a grain of salt, but I'm right there with you, just so you know. Uh, as far as Ryan Johnson's trilogy, uh, I think it's going to be a while before we see anything. Look, whether you liked Last Jedi or not, whether you love it or hate it, I say that every time I, ha- I always have to say that, whether you love it or hate it, Ryan Johnson is still getting his trilogy. It's still happening. I don't care how many YouTube channels sit down and say, oh, it's not happening. They're not happy with Ryan Johnson. He's fired. He's out. It's still happening. I'm sorry. There's nothing that has come out that Ryan Johnson's not still doing his trilogy. I, I think as of right now, they're still in pre-production. I think he's throwing around ideas for the trilogy. I don't even think they're to the writing process yet, if I remember right, but it is happening. At the same time, we have got... Uh, Benioff and Weiss and the showrunners from Game of Thrones doing a series of Star Wars films. And keep in mind, a series means probably four or more films. If it was three, they'd call it a trilogy. You know, so it's it's probably four or more films. I'm going to guess probably, if I was guessing, probably five. I'm going to say it's probably going to be a five-film series. Uh, 
and they're not starting work on that until after this next season of Game of Thrones. So it's going to be a while. They haven't even started working on it yet. So it's and you know and which means we're not getting a film next year. I'm going to say the earliest we're going to see anything first off we're going to get a Benioff and Weiss film first. I think we're going to get Benioff Weiss film, then a Ryan Johnson film, then a Benioff and Weiss film, Ryan Johnson film, you know, so on and so forth. Uh which leads me to believe we're not getting a 10, 11, 12 anytime soon. But if that's the case, we're not going to see anything for any of these films until probably 2021 or two at the earliest. I'm going to say 2021 at the earliest, you know, before we start getting any kind of inkling about where it's going to take place, anything like that. And before we see anything, it'll be 2022 before we see anything from any of these films. So, you know, and we've, you know, this year, we let's get through episode nine before we start thinking about this. Cause you know, we got a lot, we wouldn't even know the title of episode nine yet. You know, we've seen a couple of Twitter images from JJ Abrams. You know, we just saw the Joy, John Boyega one from the other day, uh, but we haven't really seen a whole lot. So let's get through episode nine. Let the dust settle on that before we start talking about Benioff and Weiss and Ryan Johnson's trilogy. But I'm going to say it's going to be I'm going to say 2022 before we see any kind of footage from, you know, and, and maybe, God, what is this, 2019? Yeah, I'm going to say 2022. It's going to be 20, uh, 2022 before we see anything, uh, any kind of footage from any of these new films coming out. So, uh, you know, and, but I'm right there with you. I, you know, I, I do believe Benioff and Weiss is doing Old Republic. I really do believe that. And, you know, like we were going, we were talking about Kyler Knowles' question earlier about the comic going to Old Republic. You know, by the time we get to that point, we could be doing Old Republic films. So it would make a lot of sense for the Star Wars comic to backtrack back into that era. So then you've got a line of comics running concurrently with the films. You know what I mean? So uh, it's it's definitely, it's probably going to be Old Republic. and I, and I But like I said, it's going to be 2022, 20, 23 before we see it. So... Uh, thank you for the question, though. I do appreciate it. And, and man, tr- believe me, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm really, really excited about that. So uh, thanks for the question, brother. Uh, question number four this week comes from Alex Waters. Alex says, as of now, is there any reason that Shadows of the Empire couldn't be brought back into canon as is? There's th- That's the only gap between films where there's absolutely nothing to watch or read. Shadows of the Empire was what got me into the old EU, and it's a great read. Love the show, Brian. Keep up the good work, and congrats on making the Top 25 Star Wars podcast. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that very, very much. Um, Thanks for the question. There are a couple reasons why we can't do Shadows of the Empire, as is. Uh, Now, had you said just Shadows of the Empire, we could make Shadows of the Empire canon, but we'd have to tweak a few things in it. As is, no, it's not going to fit. Look, and, and there is one piece of material between episode, what would it be, five and six. And it's uh, a, mov- a moving target. It's a little novelette. It's a small little, like, three-hour read. It's a Leia story. Uh, and it's about her going on this mission, trying to, you know, throw off the Empire's scent on the Rebel fleet amassing near Solus to go assault the second Death Star. So that is there, uh, you know, and it's her dealing with Han being captured and frozen in carbonite, everything she was dealing with in Empire Strikes Back. But it's, that's not the only reason, you know, and that pretty much covers that whole gap. That that one story pretty much covers that whole gap. But that's not the only reason, you know, these forces, the Destiny uh, shorts that came out, right? Uh, you know, not too long ago, they stopped producing them, uh, which I honestly I think was the best move. But those were canon. 
And one of them showed where Leia got that Bausch disguise that she had in Return of the Jedi, you know, and, and it was from Maz Kanata. Maz Kanata is the one that gave Leia that outfit to go rescue Han. And, you know, in Shadows of the Empire, she got it from Guri, which was Prince Shizor's uh, cybernetic assistant, right? The redhead. Um, and then that's where she got that disguise, you know, and, and that was the story that Chewie had the flat top and stuff like that. So there are certain details that wouldn't work. If they sat down... Look, if they were to sit down and rewrite, you know, and rework that story, you know, and in a way where you could still have Dash Randar, you know, Luke dealing with what he's dealing with, with, you know, Vader telling him that he's his father, Shizor being there trying to hunt down Luke before Vader finds him, you know, all this stuff still happening. If you could rework that story to include, you know, let's say Maz Kanata giving Leia the outfit or, you know, some, some other thing. Sure, you could probably make it work, but as it sits right now, it's not going to work, you know. But that story was really cool because, you know, it did bring a lot of the crime syndicates in, you know, kind of like what they did with Solo, you know, talking about the Pikes, in which I know they mentioned them in Clone Wars, but bringing them into the film universe, you know, the Pikes, you know, and, and Crimson Dawn, you're talking about all these crime syndicates. It would be really cool to see Black Sun, a lot more Black Sun. You know, we saw some hints of Black Sun in Clone Wars. Haven't had any name drops of Prince Shizor yet, which would be an amazing addition to canon. Look, this is how you know Shadows of the Empire is a good story. For those of you who haven't read it, no, it's not canon. Uh, it's in the old EU. It happens between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. This is how good the book is. There's only been four novels that I've ever seen growing up that they made toys and action figures for. And it was the three books from the Heir to the Empire series with Thrawn, and it was Shadows of the Empire. Those were the only novels that they actually made official Power of the Force figures for. That was it. That, as a matter of fact, that's how I got my Leia and Bausch disguise action figure. I couldn't even find it on a red card. It had to be a purple Shadows of the Empire card. So that's how good these books are. And, and, and there's no reason why they couldn't sit down and rework Shadows of the Empire and bring it in. I think it'd be great, you know, because that was the one that brought me into the EU. When I was a kid growing up, that was the first one I read also. So I'd love to see it and, and you know, and, and I'd love to have a copy of it up around the shelf. I'd love to read it again. That's, that's one of my favorite EU novels. So, uh, no, as of now we can't do, you know, it wouldn't be able to be done, but if they were to sit down and do some serious rework to it and kind of restructure it a little bit and just kind of evolve the story to where it fits a little more with what we have established. Sure. I'd love to see it, but you know, you do bring up an interesting point. There's not a whole lot there. We have that one story, which I said pretty much covers everything. But it, like I said, it's a Leia-centric story. Nine Numb is there, uh, you know, and, and that's really, that pretty much covers it. But we don't know what Han, well, we know what Han was up to. He was, you know, Han Sickle. But we don't know what Luke was really up to during that time period. Everybody wants to see Luke after Return of the Jedi, see what he was up to, him start the Jedi Order, him hunt down these artifacts and everything like that. I want to see Luke between episodes five and six. That's what I want to see. I want to see how he went from being this broken, you know, 20 some year old farm boy, just found out that the most evil man in the galaxy is his father. I want to know how he went from that to being Billy Badass walking into Jabba's palace. I, that's, that's the change I want to see, you know, and we saw a lot of that in Empire, or I'm sorry, in Shadows of the Empire. So uh, I'd love to see something along those lines uh, to retell that story. Thanks for the question, Alex. I do appreciate it, man. Uh, and the final question this week comes from Shane Duncan. I think we answered one of Shane Duncan's questions a couple weeks ago, if I do, if I remember right. 
Uh, and Shane Duncan says, cheers. Thanks for answering my question last week. That pretty much uh, cemented that in, didn't it? Uh, no problem, brother. My question this week concerns Marvel and Lucasfilm. I remember when Disney bought Lucasfilm and everyone was saying that Disney was going to turn Star Wars around the way they did Marvel. Personally, I don't believe they have turned it around as well as they have Marvel, but I can tell that they're getting there. Why do you think this is? How can the same company make great Marvel films but bland Star Wars movies? Thanks for what you do, my man. Hey, thank you very much for the question, Shane. And you know, it's a legitimate question. You know, uh, for me personally... I enjoy the new Star Wars films. Uh, I'm, I'm not one that slams them, you know, because my theories weren't correct or because Mary Jade's not in them. You know, I'm not one of those people. But you're right. Uh, I will I, I will say this. You you are right. They, I can see where you're coming from with calling them bland Star Wars movies. Because I think last week, or the last uh, episode I did, somebody had a question about The Force Awakens Lego game, and they asked why... Uh, Last Jedi didn't get one. And I said there wasn't enough sus- uh, substance to Last Jedi to make a full Lego game out of. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Last Jedi, but I don't feel like enough happened. You know what I mean? So, and, and, and you know, and, and when I had Chris Stolle on, one of the biggest things that I said these new films was missing is that sense of wonder that the old films had, that the original trilogy had. And maybe it's because I've grown up you know, and whatnot, but, but it's just cause I don't feel like they have that same sense of wonder. Uh, and when you talk about Marvel, you know, that that's obviously a, a juggernaut of itself, right? When you start talking about which fran- which film in the franchise is going to make more money the next, uh, you know, this year, Avengers four episode nine. And I go episode and I, and I say Avengers four, Marvel is a force to be reckoned with against star Wars. It really is. And it, that you're right. They're from the same company. But here's the difference between Marvel and Star Wars, Marvel and Lucasfilm, if you will. With Star Wars, when Lucasfilm sat down, when Disney bought Lucasfilm, when they sat down, they already had six films and an entire TV series, Clone Wars, that they had to work with. They already had this established lore that they had to stick with, you know, that they had to build off of. With Marvel, they started an entire clean slate in 2008 with Iron Man. Now, granted, they did have source material, the comics, that they could pull from, but nothing said that they had to stick to it. With Star Wars, they had to stick to what was already there. With Marvel, they had more freedom to do what they wanted to do. And, you know, with with Star Wars, now we're learning that there may have been a plan, but I don't think it was to the degree of what they did with Marvel. Because with Marvel, you know, they brought Kevin Feige on. When they did the first Iron Man film in 2008, they sat down and, you know, he said in interviews, what they did was they had this big long-term plan. They said they wanted to get from point A, which was, you know, Iron Man, to point, you know, E, which was Avengers Endgame. That was was where they wanted to get to. But they were going to take baby steps, break it into phases, right? Phase 1, 2, and 3. So they focused on phase 1. They said from Iron Man to the end of phase 1, we want to introduce Thanos at one point and get to the Avengers. So they had one plan, and then they had a plan for phase 2, then they had a plan for phase 3, which was the entire plan from Iron Man to Endgame, which is what they should have done with Star Wars. But they couldn't really... I mean, they could have made this giant plan, right? But you have to have certain details pay homage to what has come before, you know, and not to mention, yeah, I know they're the same demographic, Marvel fans, you know, comic book movie fans and Star Wars fans are the same demographic, but they are two completely different beasts. 
All right, when if you mess up a Marvel movie, okay, cool. There's another one coming out in four months that we're gonna go see anyway, right? You know, if Captain Marvel comes out in March and it sucks, eh, so what? Next month we get Avengers Endgame. With Star Wars, man, you mess up one movie. Look at what happened with Last Jedi, right? Now I'm not saying they messed that one up, but I'm just saying the perception that people had that it was messed up. That pretty much ruined a brand. You know what I mean? People not liking Last Jedi caused Solo to fail, which is this... I mean, with Marvel, if one movie sucks, you're going to go see the next one anyway. With Star Wars, that's not the case. These are two completely different juggernauts. They're two different beasts, you know? And, and, and I've said it before. Star Wars fans are a very volatile bunch. They are a bunch of fans, and, and I include myself in that as well. I'm a Star Wars fan. Star Wars fans are a volatile bunch where if you mix the wrong chemical mixture the wrong way or you shake it just the wrong way left or right it explodes and you know and, and, you know it has a lot to do with the world we live in now compared to what the world was like when we started the marvel movies but i i personally i i feel like i i should have known when they said they were going to make new films that they weren't going to create like light, capture lightning in a bottle again which was the classic trilogy i should have known now don't get me wrong i did like force awakens i do believe that that kind of Force Awakens, to me, restored Star Wars back to its former glory. I, I don't think Force Awakens was as good as the original trilogy, but I think it fit very well with it. I think it showed everybody, hey, you know, we're going to... I know with the prequels, Three Strikes, you were out. We're giving it another shot. We're going to go back to what made Star Wars Star Wars. You know, reintroduce Han Solo, Princess Leia, C3, you know, these, these characters again. So... It's it's one of those things that I just I don't know, man. It's it's Marvel. Like people love Marvel films so much too, right? Look at this. So if you know Justice League came out, right? And and, and I granted DC has had a hard time getting traction for their for their expanded universe, right? They've had a hard time doing that, and it's I think it's because they were trying to play catch up with Marvel, but. We're at the point now, I mean, I know Aquaman just made a billion bucks, but look at, like, Wonder Woman, right? I know a lot of people, or not Wonder Woman, um, Justice League. I went and saw Justice League. I enjoyed it. I did like Justice League, and I've been called a DC fanboy because of that. I'm not. I like the Marvel movies better, but I did like Justice League. But we live in a world now where Marvel has set the bar so goddamn high that people look at a DC movie, oh, Batman's, or, you know, or let's just say Justice League's coming out? Cool. Oh, it's not a Marvel movie? Pfft, I don't care. You know what I mean? Nobody cares about a superhero movie now unless it has that Marvel Studios banner on it. You know, and it should be the same way with Star Wars. But like I said, Star Wars fans are their own beast. They're just, I don't know what it is. You know, sometimes I'm embarrassed to be called a Star Wars fan. You know, and look, one of the biggest things that I've seen just recently too, uh, you know, I, I don't want, on Facebook they released the uh, uh, mid-season teaser trailer for season one of Resistance, right? And so I remember somebody commented on it and said, please stop this show. That's all it said. Please stop this show. What does it hurt for the show to exist? Just don't watch it. You know, it, it's, it's not everything the Lucasfilm comes out with has to be geared towards adults. Why can't kids have their own branch of Star Wars? You know what I mean? Like when the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel started and, uh, you know, the videos started coming out, people started bitching and moaning that it was throwing cannon out the window because, you know, Luke didn't swing the lightsaber around like that in A New Hope like he did in that kid's cartoon. Shut up. You know what I mean? It's just, 
not everything is for adults. You know, why can't kids have their own branch of Star Wars? There's nothing wrong with that. It's just Star Wars fans, and I, and I don't mean everybody, but the majority of Star Wars fans, I should say, are just spoiled. You know, they, they want what they want. They want their theories to come true. They want the EU brought back, you know what I mean? Which they, you know, and people complaining the new canon has so many holes in it. Well, the EU had more holes than you think it does, to be honest. You know, it's just so, but you don't hear people complaining about Marvel movies. You, you know, it, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just Star Wars is its own thing. Star Wars has been this thing for 40 some odd years. Marvel's been around what? You know, oh, I should say Marvel Studios. What, 11 years? Going on 11 years now? It's it's one of those things, like I said earlier, and it's the last time I'm going to repeat myself. With a, with a Marvel movie, oh, so what? We got a new one coming out in three months. Big deal. You know, Star Wars, you've got to be kidding me. I cannot believe they messed this movie up. Are you freaking kidding me? You know, and maybe it's because of the frequency the films are coming out. Maybe that has something to do with it, too, now that I think about it. You know, Marvel movies, you get, what, three a year? Star Wars movies, you get one a year. You know, that might have something to do with it, too. You know, you wait all year for this one movie, and if it's not what you want, you got to wait another year for another movie. You know, with Marvel, it's, oh, that movie wasn't great. Well, next month we got another one. So, it's they're two completely different beasts. That's all I'm going to say. That's that's why uh, I think the difference is... Um, but, you know, if, if this whole Adam Driver thing is correct, right? If, if J.J. had a plan from when he did Force Awakens to, to the end of Episode Nine, if that's the case, obviously people are going to write off Last Jedi as, you know, their worst Star Wars movie, their least favorite Star Wars movie. But I think J.J. is going to bring it home. I really do. So uh, time will tell. Hell, man, 11 months from tonight. Actually, 11 months from tonight, we'll be getting ready to watch it. Oh, my God. It just sank in how close it is. I cannot wait. So uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Canon Podcast. Thank you so much for the question, Shane. I do appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for sending in questions. I love sitting here talking Star Wars with you guys. Hey, make sure to check out the Facebook page. It is facebook.com slash Star Wars Canon Podcast. You know, lately I've been doing these polls on Facebook, putting two characters uh, side to side and having you guys vote on which one would win in a fight. I put this big bracket together. I, well, I should say I had a computer put the big bracket together. Some of the fights have been kind of weird, but some of them are pretty good. So I've got a new one up on the Facebook page. Make sure to go check that out. Give us a like there uh, so you'll know when there's new episodes of the Canon Podcast available, when we're putting out new polls, and uh, just news in general. So make sure to check out the website. Also, it is where you can find this podcast. It is StarWarsCanonPodcast.com. And, uh, you know, make sure to check out the YouTube channel if you guys are listening on Spotify or iTunes. It is just YouTube.com slash C slash Podcast. I don't know why they have to throw that C in there, but definitely go check that out. Give us a subscribe and hit that notification bell so you'll know when there's new episodes. And if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, make sure to give us a follow or subscription. I sure appreciate it. Make sure to follow us and check us out. On Patreon as well, like I said, we've been doing after shows where uh, sit down and watch the whole episode. You guys get to watch the whole episode of Clone Wars and Rebels with me. So uh, definitely go check that out as well. So uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in and talking some Star Wars with me. Like I said, I sure do love it. And uh, I think that's the one thing that kind of brings people together. So uh, until next week, guys, this is Brian signing off. And may the Force be with you. <laughs>